0: Been operating out of Galatians five twenty two, and we continue today. And uh, what we want to do is set aside the passions of the flesh and the vices of this world. And uh, not only that, that's just uh, avoiding the the sin that's in our lives. But uh, we are be uh, faithful in standing firm, uh, not only against those things, but cultivating. The positive aspects, cultivating the fruit of the Spirit. That's really what it is. We have the fruit of the Spirit and we, we want to cultivate it. And uh, if we have truly been justified, if we're justified before our God and we have uh, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, then then this fruit can be produced in us and cultivated and produced even more and more, twenty-fold, forty four fold sixty-fold, 100 fold. And we want that to happen to all of us. That's uh, We want to keep growing in the Lord. So we uh, continue uh, in this series of the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, what we've looked at so far uh, are most of them. We're getting near the end. And we're going to add to um, this fruit salad, as I called it last week. We're going to add another fruit to it. And it's a major ingredient. It's the fruit of gentleness. And that's something you don't hear a lot about, gentleness. You know, we just assume that it's in there, but uh, gentleness is really important in this. And we've seen that the fruit is a unity. The fruit is singular. It's all together as one. It's one big salad that we put together. But each one of these virtues, even though they differ from each other slightly, they're so united that you can't have one just stand alone and then not have the other ones. But uh, they're linked together. And they all work together as one. Uh, Just like the triune God does. Because these virtues are really His. They are what define Him. I think gentleness is a beautiful quality. When you see it in a person, it's essential to all true character. It's essential to the Christian. I don't believe anybody admires ungentleness of people. I don't think anybody really appreciates ungentleness whenever somebody is harsh or cold or bitter or just plain unkind, crude and rude. I don't think anybody really appreciates when people are like that. Uh, nobody admires ungentleness. Um, but, you know, there are excellent qualities that are in this scripture here. But if you take those excellent qualities and then all of a sudden you run across ungentleness in somebody, um, it's like it totally mars the beauty of the character that's being shaped in them. Uh, wow, there, you know, that's it's a it's a person you know that has has joy, but uh, they're really not gentle about things. <laughs> Matter of fact, it doesn't even doesn't even go together, does it? Somebody having joy and then they're rough and crude and rude? I I don't see, you know, or any of the other ones. I don't see how that works. So how could one be loving or kind or patient and be ungentle? You see how all of these come together? And uh, you think of courage and strength and truth and justness and righteousness. And those are essential elements in a godly character, aren't they? But if gentleness is lacking then none of those other ones are really working either, are they? So it must be a key characteristic in a Christian. And if there's something that we want to pray for that it would be developed even more, that a godly character would show, it would be right here for gentleness. Gentleness is one that we want to apply to. It's it's been said it's the crown of all loveliness. When you see somebody gentle. The crown of all loveliness, And somebody said this, the Christliest of all Christly qualities. <laughs> I don't know if you had uh, looked that word up in the dictionary. I don't know if you could see that or not. I don't
1: think
0: Probably not, right? <laughs> I didn't make that word up. but I thought, I'll i just add in Christliest of all Christly qualities. Um, we're to be like Christ. We want to be like Him. We want everything that's in Him that's been um, given to us to be able to manifest. So like all the other fruit in this section, next week we're going to finish this section up. I'm testing you because I know some of you have got to be thinking, wait a minute, he said this was going to be the last one this week, we're going to do self-control. Well, don't get mad. Have (laughs) self-control. Have patience. Because I got it changed right in the middle of the week this week earlier, and we just can't skip over this word. And we didn't really, we put it together with some other ones, but it was very touched on very lightly. And after looking at um, a lot of passages dealing with gentleness, we just have to cover this one today. And there are, uh, while we're looking at it, we so much want to be edified. That's what all this series is about, isn't it? That we'd be edified, that we would look more like Christ so that he would get more glory. And uh, that's what's happening. We want to reflect the person of Christ. There are a lot of verses that are very familiar as uh, we'll be going through today. And I'll just read some of them right here. Since I'm um, Galatians 5.22 and we're covering the word gentleness, you know, we always have a text that we go from. Well, we have multiple texts, multiple texts, and I'll just read some of them right here. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. That's right. Matthew 11. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ, that's out of Second Corinthians ten. The fruit of the spirit is gentleness. Galatians five. Let your gentleness be evident to all. I like that one. That's out of uh, Philippians four five. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. That is out of Ephesians chapter four verse two. This is out of Colossians three twelve. Therefore, as God's chosen people. That's what we are, holy and dearly loved. That's what we are. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. One out of First Thessalonians two seven. We were gentle among you, like a mother caring for little children. Some of these verses sound familiar to you. First Thessalonians two seven. That was what that one's out of. This is out of first Timothy six eleven. But you, man of God, flee from this, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. I wasn't too gentle on my mic. <laughs> out of Second Timothy two twenty four, the Lord's servant must be gentle towards all. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. 1 Peter 3, 4. That's just a few of the verses we're going to be looking at. So you see, God has a lot to say about gentleness, doesn't he? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this Fruit of the Spirit series that we've had. And, oh Lord, that we would be changed into the very image of Christ For that is what our life is about as we are here. As we are being changed from one level of glory to the next, waiting for that ultimate glory, that we would be seen more and more, that our fruit would be noticed by even the unbelieving realm. And we know it's the power of You that's working in us to do that. Thank You, Lord, as we seek more wisdom from You today. Amen. Well, just like our, all our other outlines, we uh, jump right into what gentleness is. We, we define it. And Vine's Dictionary is um, a really good dictionary. It's um, for anybody. Just pick it up and um, you go right to the word. It'll give you the Greek word to it. And then it'll give you the Greek definition. For the most part, it's uh, usually right on. Uh been around for years. Um, And and I'll read a few things here of what Vine actually had on this as he elaborated on this word. He just didn't give you a few terms, but um, here it is. The the word is praetis. And he says it's not readily expressed in English. It's hard to make this word really jump out in the English like what it means in the Greek. Commonly, it'll be suggested uh, people will think of weakness or even something less when they think of gentleness, uh, Plautus does nothing of the kind is It's difficult to define in the english we we've we've seen the word meekness we see of course this word gentleness that we have it describes a condition of the mind and heart, and it's appropriate rather to actions. It's no better than used in both English versions. It must be clearly understood. Vine says. That the meekness manifested by the Lord and commended to the believer is the fruit of power. He goes on to say, The common assumption is that when a man is meek, it's because he cannot help himself. But the Lord was meek because he had the infinite resources of God at his command. Described negatively, meekness is the opposite to self-assertiveness and self-interest. It just takes self away, doesn't it? It is equal of the Spirit that is neither elated nor cast down simply because it is not occupied with self at all. So when we talk about this, again, we're talking about dying to self, aren't we? That's the Christian life. And we see it put in so many ways, and here we have it in the fruit of the Spirit. The whole fruit of the Spirit uh, negates self, takes self away. Forget yourself. Take up the cross, follow me. So I think there are several good lessons. We take three out of what Vine was saying there. It's definitely not indicating weakness at all, is it, when we say gentle? And people tend to think that. The world would think that. Yeah, that's gentle, that's really nice, but look how weak they are. They're not self-assertive. That's what we hear out there, being self-assertive. It's one thing about being confident in what the Lord has given us, to be self-assertive. Self, self, self is not what we're talking about. Um... He also talked about the condition of the mind and heart. Uh, The resulting gentleness springs from the spirit of this praetis. And it's also tied to humility. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Remember when we sang that? That that word keeps sticking out. And of course, um, we see it in these words where gentleness is at. Humility is linked right with it. They're so close. So close. And that means it's not occupied with self at all. When you are humble, uh, your self is totally divorced from your your thinking. Humble, in that way. So that's why, if you had a New King James and you look in the Second Timothy or Titus chapter three, it translates the term that we have for gentleness uh, as humility. Sometimes that word will uh, be vice versa. Thayers, Greek. Dictionary speaks of mildness, speaks of meekness. The Greek expositors' dictionary is the outcome of true humility because one is humble. The bearing towards others which results from a lowly estimate of ourselves. There we go again. It's seeing others higher than ourselves. Like in Philippians chapter 2. The epitome of humility there. And in Weast Word Studies... He says, it's that temper of spirit in which we accept God's dealings with us as good without disputing or resisting Him. That would be generous. Not resisting God, seeing where we're at and being content. It's kind of linked with that in a way. He says, the meek man will not fight against God. He will not contend against God. And it's shown that our, any fellow man who mistreats us, says terrible things about us, insults us, treats us with injustice, and he is the one who is gentle about it. He endures patiently. You see how all those words that we already at I mean, love and peace and uh, meekness or, or the uh, humility, how it helps define gentleness, but yet it's its own term. We're trying to take the Greek and put it into the meaning of the English word and it just comes short of it. So that's why we define things a lot of times in the biblical language. We're not trying to get too technical, but uh, it really helps to go into what the uh, literal translation of that word means. And so in biblical usage, it's the attitude of the mind, the heart. It's opposed to being harsh. It's opposed to being a contentious person. And it shows itself in this gentleness or tenderness in dealing with others even at the worst of times. So, there is the word defined. Hopefully that helps. And you don't get a picture of, well, it's a it's a doormat and you just let people walk on you then. You know, let them take advantage of you. Yeah, go ahead, Dennis. Just lay down there. Or put your name on in the blank there. right? But that's what we're told not to be the mat. We're not a doormat. And, and it is tough. It is strong. And we'll see that as we look at Christ and some of the other ones. They're not weak. Meek is not weak. Okay, uh, again, the, and the outline that we have followed on the other ones, it's almost like the same thing. Uh, the source of gentleness. Well, we can't be gentle without first looking at who this comes from or what it comes from. We we really know it's actually who, isn't it? He is gentle. That makes Him who He is, like all the other ones. How else can we do things without knowing this is where our power is. It's always in Him. And the very moment we step out on our own, and we do it quite often on many things, in many different ways, and rather than relying on the Lord, we do our own little thing. And guess what? We've just forgotten where the source of our power comes from, and so we must see him. It's an attribute of him. You go in books looking for the attribute of gentleness, and you usually don't even find it. There are some great books, A. W. Pink didn't really have that. he did you know there are humility terms, so it goes into that, and there's so many that would be um, the books would be just tremendous. As a matter of fact, there's two volumes um, that are written on uh, the Purple. Books. Now, my mind has just um, gone like that. It's just left. I forget who it is. But anyway, um, uh, a Puritan. And uh, actually, in those two volumes, it's uh, very small (laughs) words in there. Uh, What I mean by small, the sentences are long. Sentences are big. Paragraphs are big. But we're talking about the. Type, (laughs) Uh, like an eight point type or something, filling two volumes. And again, I didn't just, I couldn't find the word gentle in there. You could find it under probably other ones. Um, But we we look at um, him. We look at him for tenderness, if we want to be that way. We look at this for, it's, it's a matter of duty for us, but it always starts with him. And I, I would challenge you to think of Mount Sinai. When you look at Mount Sinai, you think of the, of the law, the giving of the law. You think of the thundering and the flashing of lightning. You think of the clouds. You think of the darkness. You think of the dreadfulness that's surrounding the throne, and it's deep and it's—I it, mean, it's all—it's like dark, and it's it's seems so far away from what gentleness is, there's a holiness there that God is stressing and it's fearful. And the people can't approach that area. They can only go so far. Stay back. Look at it. Realize that. Be fearful of God. And boy, that law is staring right at you and it should be fearful, shouldn't it? And that is a part of God's character. But He unveils His love there at the same time at this smoking mountain. You see the divine heart of God. When you see something that seems so terrible, fearful, and then you read this in Exodus chapter 34. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Look at this. The merciful and gracious God I am slow to anger and rich in unfailing love and faithfulness. There's a lot of words we already looked at, haven't we? I show this unfailing love to many thousands by forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. I didn't see the word gentle there, but with all those words together, I see a very gentle God who reveals Himself, forgives sin, He's faithful, all of that. Did you see a gentle God there? But yet, He is holy. And He wants us to know that He is a loving God, but He also wants us to know the holy God. There are a lot of people that like a half a God. What I mean by that, let's cut off all those hard words and hard sayings that He puts and let's just accept the gentle Jesus. You know, Soft and mild and meek and weak, you know. That that weak Jesus. Let's let's put him in in the um in the in the manger and let's let's kind of keep him there. <laughs> How convenient, right? But that's not who God is. That's why we have to look at all the attributes of God and we appreciate this kind of God who can be fearful and holy at the same time being loving, merciful, and gentle. Look in 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. You'll remember this story. 1 Kings chapter 19, 19, 11 and 12. You have Elijah. As soon as I say that, all of a sudden you go, oh, yeah, I know this story. Someone's saying, what, what, what? He's at Mount Horeb. And it it says in verse 7 this is God speaking to Elijah now Elijah the prophet. So He said, God said, Go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord, before Yahweh. And behold, the Lord was passing by. And a great and strong wind was rendering the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, earthquake, But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of gentle blowing. You have this earthquake. You have the fire. You have this strong wind. It's great and strong. When that comes from the Lord, you can imagine. We had some pretty strong winds this week. Uh, It's probably worse than that. You know, Elijah had to be scared to almost death. (laughs) And then the gentle blowing. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? (laughs) He spoke in... The gentle, little gentle voice. He was mighty. That fire had swept by, but I want to tell you, here's the gentleness of God. All this power is happening. He's the power that made all the universe and holds all the universe together. That is power. Isn't it? There's no power like God in that. And yet, there is no mother at all in the whole world so gentle as who God is. And when you think of gentle, usually you think of a mother with her little baby. I'm looking back there in the back row, and there's a picture of gentleness right there. <laughs> Everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about, and it's because Rebecca is a gentle mother. And most mothers are, to you know, extent, even unbelieving mothers, they have this natural bind in that, and that's that's you know, to their to their children. And well, it should. God has put that in. And of course, men can be that way. But, you know, it's, it's funny. Men hold uh, a little baby a little bit different than the way a mother or a woman does. I've noticed that. I, I, I can attest to that. <laughs> I'm stiff as a board going like this.
1: <laughs> gentle, gentle.
0: Let's look in uh, Psalm 18:35. This is really good. This is really good. You, You will really like this. You probably won't have this as a memory verse, but you might afterwards. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. And your right hand upholds me. Here you go. And your gentleness makes me great. I just kind of read that this week. I go, huh, how come I haven't seen that before? Well, I've read through the Bible a few times. I, I sure need to read through it a lot more times. I can tell you that. I haven't read through it enough at all. But I can tell you, I go, wow. God always keeps speaking fresh, new things, doesn't He? Every morning, <laughs> every evening. Your gentleness makes me great. Man, that's a key ingredient as the fruit of the spirit, isn't it? That you want to be great, yeah. be gentle. If you want to be
1: great in God's kingdom,
0: be the servant of all. Not really the way it goes, but the Maranatha kids used to sing that. Showing my age now. (laughs) But your gentleness makes me great. Makes me great. A divine quality. Look in 2 Samuel chapter 22. It's his gentleness that does that. It makes us less of self. And then greatness starts coming through. Uh, we'll see. What did I say? Second Samuel, it's before the kings, right? Chapter twenty two, verse thirty-six. And so we turn there. Exercise ourselves in the Old Testament a little bit this morning. That sounds just like the Psalms. You have also given me the shield of your salvation and your now, uh, my New American Standard says a different word, it says help. But in the translations and what it means here is basically the same thing what said in the Psalms. I'm just going to go ahead and implant this word here. And your gentleness makes me what? Great. Your help makes me
1: great.
0: Your gentleness makes me great. That's what the psalm writer said. Makes me great. That's a divine quality. That is to be a human character. Your gentleness in me is what makes me great. It's not trying to be a self-made person. But it's His gentleness that does that. Want to be like God? He says, we're taught to be perfect as our Father in Heaven is perfect. Now we know that no man meets that, obviously. The standard is too high. But in Jesus Christ, we are beginning to be conformed. We are becoming gentle. If we would be like God, we must be gentle. God is great. And He says, you are great. Have His gentleness. Apply it. Well, that's just the attribute of God. Let's look at um, Jesus. Let's look and see how it's really manifested in the human person. A new era happened when Christ came on the scene and walked this earth. There was gentleness in the world before He came to a degree. It was there because God existed and He made people in the image of God only we know what sin did. But we think of a mother, naturally, ha- has this gentleness. There is gentleness in friendship. There is a gentleness in marriage and family, right? That, that's just a kind of a natural aspect because God gave that to people, but yet it's not truly shown and manifested until one becomes a Christian. So it was right there, even among heathen people. They applied some gentleness without really knowing really what it was all about, but really, you look at the world at that time, and it was dark. Jesus came to a dark world it was full of cruelty, and we know what the rich did; they oppressed the poor, right they made it even harder for them, and women were considered to be slaves, and the men were tyrants. there was nobody to help out the sick, the poor the lame, the crippled, the blind, the old, the widows, the orphans. Nobody really was taking care of them much at all. And then Jesus came. And we saw Him do something that nobody ever had done on this earth as a human being. And He went about men and women, children doing all of these kindly, gentle things It just flowed out of His mouth. His language was gentle. He spoke words that just were steeped with tenderness. Very tender person. And then one day they nailed those gentle hands to the cross. Now that's mankind. That's the Romans. That's the Jews. Jews and Gentiles, it's us. We did it. And the, but the people who had known him, known what he did, he was, they had never seen it like him. They, many of them just tried to follow him wherever wherever he went. These people saw a gentleness that had never been put on display. And they sorely lost this Jesus. They were very sad. They, you can imagine the grief in so many households. Jesus is gone. That gentleness is not there. And he had taught on Patience. He had taught on this gentleness. You can think of the Sermon on the Mount, really what kingdom life really is about. But he gave new meaning to human affections. Uh, that's what it meant whenever he came to this earth. Can you imagine being able to see this and say, I've never seen any people like this? And remember how dark it was. He came into that kind of world. So, wherever the gospel had gone, this teacher had impacted people with such sayings that it had actually been carried into a lot of people's hearts. And of course, this gentleness and His healing and His words. He said such things as your know, Matthew 11.29 as we read earlier. This is quite the teaching. He takes us to the university in uh, Matthew 11. And he says, uh, learn from me. He says in verse 28, Matthew 11:28, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You come to me and I'll give you rest. I've got it. Take my yoke upon you, here we go, and learn from me. Learn from Christ. For I am what?
1: Gentle
0: and humble and heart and you'll find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy my burden is light and every one of us here can attest to that can't we his yoke is actually easy it's gentle my yoke is he he says believe me This is where you're going to find your rest. You're not going to find it anywhere else. You're not going to find it in a person. You're not going to find it in money. You're not going to find it in things. You're not going to find it in your job. You're not going to find it in your your home. You're going to find it right there in the person of Christ. That is who gentleness is. Find it there. So, the teacher. Look at Matthew 21, verse 5, while we're in Matthew. Matthew 21. Verse 5. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle, (laughs) and mounted on a donkey, the king of the universe, even on a colt, (laughs) the foal of a beast of burden. A little bitty donkey. Boy, that is of humility. Not coming in on the white horse. It's not only coming on a a donkey, but it's the coat of a donkey. Symbolizing this humility in His coming. This gentleness. The people received Him. Many of them did. The nation didn't. John 4, you have the woman at the well. Jesus just schools her by asking questions very gently. She keeps ask, she asks questions. But then He asks a question. And she got convicted. He didn't come in there ripping her to shreds, showing what kind of terrible life she lived. Although He brought out the fact that she'd had all these husbands and was living with somebody now. And that's wrong, she was convicted. But oh how he delivered that and it went right to her and it got her so much that she went right back to her town, her village, and told everybody, and here they come up that hill. Apostles see it with Jesus, and the fields are white for harvest. Here they come. Because he delivered a gentle, powerful message. The gentleness of Christ. Incredible. Biblical view of gentleness actually just gives us the idea of its strength. It takes a strong person to be gentle. I kind of think of Bonanza. Do you remember Hoss? Hoss Cartwright? He's a pretty good picture of gentleness, isn't he? I think some of those TV characters back in the 60's you know you have these great big strapping men and I can't even remember that one show I mean it's uh, he was out in the he lived up uh, up in the mountains the the woods and uh, there's
1: Grizzly
0: Adams Grizzly Adams yeah. Grizzly Adams wasn't he a kind of a picture of a human with gentleness <laughs> how about gentle Ben yeah <laughs> you know the bear right <laughs> Strong but gentle. Okay, Jesus didn't exercise his strength in an abrasive manner. He said, well, "Wait a minute! Well, wait, wait, wait! What about the, what about the lawyers and uh, you know, you know, the rabbis and the Pharisees?" Yeah, he, yeah, he had to do the other side of who he was. Because they were self-righteousness. Filled with self-righteousness. And he's after the ones who are humble. And so, whenever he comes up against the religious elite who deceive people, yes, he does strike against them. Yes, he goes into the temple with all his strength and power and he cleans house, doesn't he? One thing that he hated, seemed like the most, was the religiosity that was a cover for all of the terrible depravity of man. So he tempered his strength with gentleness. He stood for truth and he kept that balance with grace. Truth and grace. Grace and truth. He was filled with that. Do you get that? Do you see the balance? Truth can be very strong. Matter of fact, it can be very convicting. It can rip right into you like the powerful Word of God does and it should that sword at the same time it's not abrasive to us and so He gives us grace Matthew 12 verse 20 still looking at Jesus Matthew 12 verse 20 this is out of the Old Testament actually and it's out of Isaiah Isaiah Um, You know, I'd like to start with verse 18. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, this is the Messiah, God speaking about, my beloved, and whom my soul is well pleased. God is satisfied with His Son. I will put my spirit upon Him, and He shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel, nor cry out, Nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. Can you imagine the ugliness of him shouting and yelling out in the streets? You sinners, you wicked! you know, taking megaphones. There are street preachers that I think do a disservice to uh, us as Christians. Yeah, they have a heart for the lost, let's say, but sometimes, do they really? Or are they just trying to prove how zealous they really are? We must mix zealousness with tenderness. And I'm not telling that people shouldn't be street preachers, but I don't think that that is really the best. It's it's going to get attention, but it usually turns people off. It can be a good thing. I like the way that Ray Comfort does it. He challenges people, and I think he does it with gentleness. Yeah, he does show that they can't meet the law and they're sinners and they're bound for hell. But he does it in a way that I think would be very general. And I have nothing against that at all. It really preaches the law and that must be preached. But um, he's, you know, he's not out there just yelling at people and trying to make them mad. Look at verse 20. A battered reed he will not break off. And a smoldering wick he will not put out. Until he leads justice to victory, that's promise to to me. Promise to you guys. I mean, for people who feel like they're they're just out there by themselves, a, a, a battered reed. It really a battered reed had no use anymore. You couldn't even couldn't use it for an instrument. They they used reeds back then for instruments. We still do today, like clarinets, saxophones, and such. Right? Those are reeds. But once they're torn up, you just throw them away, you get a new one. Same way with that smoldering wick. you got to get rid of it. No, those people that seem to be useless, He comes along and gives tender compassion to. There are not many mighty, not many noble. Who are the ones that He called? He called people like us. And He gathers them to Him. He gathered us like a, a hen does, right? Little tender chicks. So, He restores, He rekindles those kind of people. That's the gentle Jesus that we know of. Philippians 4-5. have to read that verse. I, I read a lot of these earlier and you go back over them again. And you go, oh, that's... I read that a lot of times. Sometimes I just kind of skip over certain words because I'm looking at something else. Uh, you know what? Yeah, here we go talking about rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice, right? The next verse says, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. As you are joyful, you're also gentle with that. As you're rejoicing in the Lord. And let your gentle spirit be known to all. Christians, non-Christians. Life of Christ in us. Remember when Jesus went to Peter and uh, at the very last part of John twenty one and Peter and, and the disciples have been fishing and then Jesus is there on the beach and mm-hmm. he's got the fire lit and early of the morning and um yeah, he he's cooking. And and Peter comes there and then, you know, Jesus says, uh, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And then of course someone translates the next one to Peter, do you like me? <laughs> It convicted Peter because he had kind of abandoned the Lord back in Jerusalem when Jesus was taking the cross. you remember that? And Jesus restores him into the ministry. Right. And Jesus already told him, after Satan sifts you like wheat, then I want you to go and encourage the brothers. Peter became a shepherd. And you you see Peter talking about the great shepherd, the chief shepherd in in one of his epistles. Gentle. Peter became gentle. (laughs) Look what Jesus did with Peter. That's the Spirit of God. God. Would you say that Peter was probably somewhat abrasive at times? (laughs) Jesus worked on him. And when the Holy Spirit came, it wasn't that He went around saying, well, that's just the way that I'm wired. That gives me license. I can be ungentle because that's the way He made me. No, He's remaking you. You can't use that excuse anymore. (laughs) That is true psychology. (laughs) Right? That is the way we counsel people. Don't use that on me. No. Don't use that excuse. He's remaking you. You don't want to be that way. Boy, was He meek? And He wants to reproduce Himself in us? Yeah, He wants us to be just like Him. Well, that's the Father. That's the Son. Then we have the Holy Spirit. Well, not too hard to find because right in our text, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Is the Holy Spirit gentle to you? (laughs) You know it as He applies the Word to our hearts. Now, let's go to some... Human examples of gentleness and one of them is a man who stood for the law. And when you say Moses, you think of the law. And of all people, to go to Moses as one who was gentle, the murderer, (laughs) the one who gave the law. Moses, are you kidding me? Dennis, you're really going to the extreme here. How are you going to find this? We go back to Numbers chapter 12. And this is quite enlightening. Moses, all people. Look at this. Now, the man Moses was very, my version has humble, Uh, some of your versions might have gentle. It's the same thought. I'm going to put gentleness. Now, the man Moses was very gentle. Look at this. More than any man who was on the face of the earth he was number 1 in gentleness and he led 2 million people how god changed him changed him continually and there we see him as the epitome of humility he was really meek you want to see it in action drop down to verse 12 and 13 uh he had a sister and a brother you have miriam and aaron and they really challenge aaron I think there's a lot of jealousy involved there and they've got a plan. And just saving time here, just, let's read verse 12 and 13. And look at Moses here. Oh, do not let her be like one dead whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes from his mother's womb. Moses cried out to the Lord saying, Oh God, heal her, I pray. What did she have? Leprosy. Remember all those bad things that she said about Moses? And here he is praying for her. He appeals to the Lord, heal her, I pray. All the terrible things she had done. That's an example of gentleness, isn't it? How about Paul? We're going to look at one. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. We read it earlier. We'll read it again. This is Paul's conduct in chapter two. This is how he conducted himself amongst the churches that he started, and he had been mistreated. (laughs) Been mistreated in Philippi. Here he's writing to the Thessalonians, but we proved. Look at verse six. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, even though as apostles of Christ, we might have asserted our authority. But we prove to be gentle among you. Well, how gentle? Well, like a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. Because you had become very dear to us. Remember a few years before this? When Paul was Saul? <laughs> yeah. He killed people or had them killed. Persecuted them like nobody had. And here is gentle Paul. You think of Paul? Do you think of him being gentle? Not a lot. But then you look at writings like that and you go, oh, huh, wow. He was so Gentle but so powerful with the Word of God. It's amazing. So there are two very strong men, aren't they? I picked two men. And there are many in the Bible, but Moses, I mean, doesn't he stand for strength? And Paul, stand for strength? And yet they were humble. They were meek. They were gentle. And that comes to our last part. We are to display gentleness yeah, that was godly men, and you know, I know I'm a Christian, but you can't expect me to be like that. You know, Jesus, no way. And yeah, those are men. Yeah, they did it, but... Well, as Paul took all this on, this gentleness, it's also meant for every Christian in every area of our lives, at home, at work, at church, at play, any aspect of your life—there it is. Weist of Weist Word Studies says this: there is no Christian attribute that contributes more to the maintenance and growth of any relationship than this praetase This gentleman. Says, there is no attribute that contributes more to the maintenance and growth of relationships being gentle being gentle if you can forget yourself here's how we do it forget yourself you've just been attacked forget yourself react with quietness so that's impossible oh you mean you don't have the holy spirit <laughs> Spirit, of spirit is uh, gentleness um, no matter how you're provoked, Weist says, no matter what the provocation is, you can literally get along with just about anyone if you forget yourself and react with quietness well, that's, okay. that's from Weist's words studies. If we just forget ourselves, be it's not natural. I can't do that. You're right. You can't. It's impossible. But I know one who can. He's the Holy Spirit. He lives in you because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and you can do that now. You are equipped. We can't do anything but He can. That's amazing. That is impossible to do when somebody strikes out at you. Be quiet. Be gentle. It's amazing. The more quiet and gentle you are when people are just going crazy on you and they don't have any right at all and everything they're saying is lies or whatever, and you're quiet. You're gentle. Not like a rug. And you can defend yourself, but do with the power of God and Spirit. And you'll be amazed how either they'll just get angry and mad and walk off (laughs) because <laughs> it's not doing any good. It's not getting through to you. It's bouncing right off and it's hitting them in the face. Have you done that before? I bet you have. It was hard to do, but you saw them and they, they get so flustered because they can't get through to you. <laughs> I love it when that happens because a victory's just happened. You say, wow, that was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that sure wasn't me. That's not my nature. That's right, the old man. <laughs> He's a dead man anyway, isn't he? Matthew 5.5. 5. Sermon on the Mount. This is the quality of a Christian. This is the quality of kingdom life. Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5. Matthew 5.5. 5. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, that's power. We are inheritors. We are heirs. Uh, we are heirs, co-heirs with Jesus Christ. We will, in, we will actually own the kingdom. He gives it to us. Christ being co with us, of course. We'll not go out of control with it. It'll be done exactly the way it needs to be done. <laughs> wow. And that's one who is what? Gentle. Meek. Inherit the earth. You know what? The world needs gentle doesn't it? I think all human hearts, believer, unbeliever, they are hungering and thirsting for some tenderness. Harshness. Ah, oh, it pains people. It pains you. It pains me. It pains everybody. Ungentleness touches the sensitive spirits that we have. It's like whenever the frost comes along and touches the flowers. And they wilt, you know, stunts the growth even. We naturally just crave gentleness. It's amazing what a gentle person will do. You just feel refreshed when you've just been touched by a gentle person and the way that he said something or she said something it it's like the Spring After a hard, long winter of zero and below and 30 below wind chill factors and beneath its warm, nourishing influence, beautiful things come out in the springtime. That's what gentleness feels like when it's happened. We all have a special need of gentleness, of tenderness. And uh, we, we need it. The world needs it. Everybody needs it. And even Jesus... Needed it whenever he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, and the disciples fell asleep. And then they denied him, like Peter did anyway. And the suffering that he went through, he needed some gentleness from them in his human aspect. You know, it's a hard struggle. This life is hard, it's fierce. And if we don't have tenderness around us in this hard, fierce world, it it makes it that much harder, doesn't it? And uh, I don't think life is easy to anybody. You find somebody that says it easy and I want to meet them. But in another sense, Jesus said, those burdens of Him are not heavy. They're light. There's no truce in the battles that we face day to day. And human help is not always ready. And a lot of times it's just indifferent. People don't care. Or opposition comes. And they can be sharp. They can be deadly. But we love to be showered with gentleness. You know what? There is no place where it will not be found welcome. I mean, I mean, it is to be not found welcome. I mean, it's welcome everywhere, isn't it? It will harm no one. And it may save someone from despair. Elders are called to be gentle. That's a qualification. Teachers are called to be gentle in your first and your second Timothy. And then Ephesians four three Praetis is a part of the walk that is worthy of a Christian, he says in Ephesians four one through three. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, the prisoner of the Lord, prisoner, literal prisoner also, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness. You were called to be gentle, long-suffering, bearing with one another loving, and endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Colossians three, twelve through thirteen, Paul says that this praetase ought to be the characteristic of the elect of God. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, and so on. That's what you do. Pursue this, pursue this. But you, O oh man of God, he said to Timothy, flee these things, pursue what? Righteousness, godliness, go after them, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Pursue that. Run after it. means go after it. It's there. Be mature. Be strong. We have so many Scriptures to go through and we're around at the end of time here, but uh, we're not in this world to gain power, to gain riches, to become so learned in the arts and sciences and to build up a great business and work in our shops and uh we're not even called ultimately to even preach the Gospel to the sorrowful the ones who are sick. You can say yes, we are and we 're called to that oh that's true, but that's not the ultimate reason we're here to grasp the true meaning of life, of course, glorifying God is the most, but then he gives us commands to glorify him, and he gives us two commands. Love God, love your neighbor, to learn to love. To learn uh, the disposition and character that he's given us. We can have all the arts, the music and the crafts, the painting and to poetry and the noblest sciences, sciences and reading and studying and traveling and conversing with refined people. That's all part of this life. and Attaining the best culture, that's that's still not what we are really called to do. We are here to learn God's love and then to interact it with people and become more gentle in spirit is the way that we do it. If we don't get that, we miss the prize of living. And uh, just a few moments here and we'll close. Gentleness is to be learned. See, I thought we had it automatically. <laughs> we have it, but it 's not automatic it 's just like all the other fruit it doesn't come naturally it's hard to be gentle always we can be gentle on sunny days. We can be gentle when things are going just great, but when that harsh north wind blows, man it 's not gentle, we don 't feel so gentle that Strong wind may not necessarily be the wind, the cold wind we're thinking. Of. We're just talking about when those trials and things come. But when when people are rude to us and such, we are to learn to be gentle. We, uh, you know, it's just like artists, they learn to to paint pictures. You know, they they learn to do that. Musicians learn the, those. The, the music and how to play and the songs that go with it and there's toilsome effort with that and really putting yourself into that and Paul says that he learned to be content. You remember that passage? I've known what it's like to be rich. I know what it likes to be poor. He had it both. He had everything there. He knew. He knew. But he learned contentment. Matter of fact, Jesus even learned obedience and as humans. Now that's one. That's a lesson right there for a few weeks study, right? Gentleness is not just some ornament of life we hang on us, but uh, or some kind of jewelry. It's our very character. It's coming from the inside. It's essential in every true Christian life. We want it to come out. It's there. Come out. I know what to do to be gentle. I know what to do. We'll do it, Right? Every day we want to have progress in each of these fruit of the Spirit. Don't ever be satisfied with where you're at, your attainment. We are to be content and satisfied with where God has put us, but yet at the same time, there is the part where we are to be growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then exposing that as a consequence of Him living in us. And so therefore, we don't want to be rude to anyone, uh, even to a beggar. We don't want to be sharp in our speech and Haughty, haughtiness and unkind to human beings. We want to be diligent. We want to study this gentleness. Learn it. And it will help us control our temper as we get into the final fruit, the self-control. Continue that diligence. Mere human gentleness we've seen is not enough, is it? We can have all the self-discipline that we want. And teach ourselves or just say to ourselves, "Okay, I'm going to be gentle here." We can have all that we want. We, if it, if it's full of pride, though, in it, it's worthless. If it's full of uh, ourself, we know that we need God to work in us. We need Him to produce this unnatural fruit called gentleness. That's the pattern. Christ is the pattern. And the co-working of Christ and the Holy Spirit working mightily in us is an incredible thing. And it blows people's minds. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. And the Holy Spirit will help us learn a lesson. And I think He has today as we look through His Word And we just want to please God in bearing forth this fruit even more. And I can look in here, I see a lot of gentle people, really. In fact, you all are gentle. But we still want to grow even more gentler. We want to be so much like Christ in our gentleness that we cry out to Him. Say, Lord, keep changing in that area. I don't want to be like my old self anymore. Help me be gentle. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. So many passages, so many scriptures, and we just hit on the, the very tip of all this. It's massive. It's incredibly huge. All this fruit of the Spirit and this gentleness. And we don't think about it that much, but You've made it a part of our lives. That's our character, our nature. Help us to develop even more and more. That it will attract the unbelieving realm and they can wonder why we are gentle, loving, and they have no answer outside of: Is he a Christian? Is she a Christian? Or they must be Christian, or they are Christians. Have them be drawn to us so that we can show them Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. amen.